Well, hey, friends, glad to be with you here today in the room. Um, And those of us uh, online, glad to have you with us as well. Last week, we didn't meet, and it was awesome. I, like, really loved it. I don't know if you loved it or not. It was uh, just to celebrate how cool last week was. We had our first ever serve day um, where we didn't meet collectively as just one faith community, but we met in small little communities to actually live out our faith. I know, crazy, right? Uh, out uh, at all kinds of different places. Between our two locations, we had over uh, 700 people involved, which was awesome. Yeah. Tons of cool things. I got to go around to a bunch of the different spots and uh, see what was going on and act like I was doing something. No, I'm kidding. My kids loved it because they got to like do a little bit here and there. But we, um, at this uh, campus, we did over 50 Thanksgiving boxes. So we gave 50 different families Thanksgiving, this uh, Thanksgiving that just actually happened. Um, We did, yeah, over 500 um, handwritten cards um, of just thankfulness of the, of the service and the generosity of all of the Benicia Unified School District. And then we're going to do something for them when they give them each all of these handwritten cards. So there's over 500 of those. We had hundreds of people at a farm no one knew existed in Vallejo uh, called Loma Lista Farms. It was crazy. That was one of the craziest ones I went to because we had hundreds of people there doing like a thousand different things, like people like carrying kids in their front and their back and like doing stuff and painting and kids, I mean, like covered in paint. We did like 200, I think, and 23 Christmas trees and um, like just like took over the joint. It turned, talk about transformational. It turned into something that was nuts. We had people like trying to get onto an island. That was scary. And then uh, it was, it was a great day. We had um, uh, Lincoln Elementary School did a huge mural that took most of the day, it turned out beautifully, and did plants there and tons of painting. And then these really beautiful statements that were painted to put up that just really give like dignity and love and character to all of these students and speaks over them now uh, when they come back of who they are and who they're made to be. And then there was um, a handful of different homes of different senior citizens in the community in Benicia and Vallejo that people went to and like just showed up in a drove and said like, what can we do? And like literally transform these houses where um, the community, that little neighborhood received love that they hadn't before. And um, I am so excited to see like what comes out of it. I know a lot of people I saw all through like social media, that was like some of my favorite things to do last week was just to see and to be a part of everyone doing stuff in the community. So thank you. Well done. Uh, It was such a great day. And um, now we're back. So that's awesome. Um, We are coming into the um, Christmas season. I'm going to give a light ask for those of you who are like, when are we going to do something where we can serve the community again? Um, If you're interested, you can do something this Friday. In the San Francisco location, we're using the Christmas season as our launch and rebirth of that campus. And what we're going to do is the first annual or the inaugural um, Mission District Christmas tree lighting at our San Francisco campus. So we're inviting all of San Francisco, the Mission District specifically, to come be a part of a community event. We're going to do crafts and games and face painting. And so if you're like, wow, how can I get in and serve the community in the Bay? That's a great opportunity. So if you want to do that, you can let me know in the connection card. Not a hard ask, a light ask if you want to be involved with that. And you're like, I can do a snowman and call it that, paint it, call it a snowman. Uh, or like a snowflake might be easier for you. Just do some X's uh, or help kids do crafts or games. We just want to love on the community there. And then we're going to invite them all, just as we've invited you all, to one of our Christmas Eve services. 
We think that this is one of the best services that we do a year, and it's one of your best opportunities to invite somebody to the church and to experience uh, the gospel message. And so uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, they're available now. There's 11 different services to pick from. Uh, and then so you can get them. All services still, still have tickets available, but they're going quickly. And I would tell you this, I would move my schedule around to make sure you can hit one of them um, to be a part of that. So there's that going on that kicks off this weekend uh, or on Friday as kind of the unveiling. And then uh, there's an opportunity to invite people to Christmas. So as we're running up to Christmas, we're starting a brand new series to have this conversation. How many of you are Christmas music people before Thanksgiving? Like you listen to music before Thanksgiving or Christmas music. Okay, a handful of you. Some of you are like, this is disgusting, right? <laughs> How many of you like listen like in the summertime to Christmas music? Okay, yeah, come on. You're brave. People are... How many of you just listen to it all year? You're just like, nobody. Okay, they're, they're like, no, this is not a safe place <laughs> to raise my hand right now. Um, <clears throat> okay, so... Uh, I know that uh, I like listen to it intermediate all throughout the year, but when it comes to my Christmas decorations, I love putting up Christmas decorations specifically outside. I feel like that's like my little domain. My wife even calls it my labor of love. I think this year I've got like 40,000 lights outside. I like to be that guy. I'm like, how can I be the house that you're looking for when you're driving the kids around? I want to be that place. So I got to do that this last week because of all the rain coming, so that's a great opportunity to do those things. But <clears throat> lights and a multitude of other things actually point towards one thing in uh, a practice throughout this season that I want to talk about for the next three weeks, and that is the term Advent. I want to talk about Advent because today is actually the first day of Advent. It's unique. We get to start um, the uh, December on the first on a Sunday. So this is actually the first day of Advent. And uh, I know that when I grew up, maybe this was you, the term Advent, I didn't really know what it meant. Uh, I thought it was like a calendar and had chocolates in it. And like you open it up every day. And uh, I don't know if you were me, like me, like by day three, you're like, forget this. And you ate all the chocolates. You're like, I'm not going to wait until every day. And then people are opening it up like, what happened to the chocolate? And you're like, I don't know, defective, right? Who else? I got any other, just forget it, I'm going to eat the calendar. No? Okay. Well, confessions on Sunday. All right. <clears throat> so the Advent calendar, so when I got older, um, I remember people talking about like, we're going to practice Advent this year, this season. And I got to be honest with you, I was like, I don't even know what that means, practicing Advent this season. Like, I've heard from some people, it's like these candles you light, and it's this very like mystical like thing that takes place. Um, I've heard from other people that it's just a calendar and Advent just means I'm counting down the days because it's the only month that I need to count down days, <laughs> right? And uh, I think that there may even be some of you in here that were like me when I was growing up that if I was to hand you a microphone and say, what does Advent mean? That you might be like, well, I don't know, right? So as a faith community coming up to Christmas, I would love if we would practice Advent together. The term Advent is a Latin phrase that literally means to come, that something is coming. And this something is actually a someone, and it's Jesus, right? You've heard that term of like Jesus is the reason for the season. It's true, right? That something is coming. And an Advent is actually in preparation for that thing that is coming, that someone incredibly important is coming. 
Many of you probably actually had preparations this last week because you had incredibly important people getting ready to come over to your house to enjoy a meal. And like, you know, like you lit a candle so it smells right and you clean things up that you never clean up, right? And you're like thought about for a long time and all this preparation because you decided, secondly, you were going to do everything you could to prepare for that incredibly important person to come. And that's exactly what Advent is. It's the, it's the celebration and preparation for the coming of Jesus that changed everything. And so it's our opportunity to have a focus in the month of December on who is coming. But if I was going to ask you honestly about this, and uh, you were going to like sit back and think about this, I would ask you, who are you preparing for on December 25th? Now we're in church. So I'll give you the churchy answer, because it's what we do in like Sunday school. We say like, God, Jesus, and you're like, oh, wow, that was really great. So you cheated, right? <laughs> or you do the whole like, okay, really? Is that really who you're preparing for? Is it really what you're preparing for? And if you are really honest with yourself right now and thinking about what you're already beginning to prepare for to come on December 25th, it would probably be Santa, Right? You're thinking about and preparing what this can look like and gifts and all the fun stuff and all the good stuff. And I know that um, our family watched the Macy's Day Parade just a couple days ago. And the whole time they're continuing to give the teaser of like, the main event, the thing we've all been waiting for is coming, right? It's going to be Santa. And we're like, oh gosh, this is going to be life-changing. And um, it was life-changing. Because it meant it was the end <laughs> of the parade. Some of you are preparing. Oh, that was the line. I found it. Some of you are actually preparing for a party, right? If you think about it, what are you actually preparing for? You're preparing for a party or like a work party or, or even like a family event. So you're preparing for family because all the family's going to come over and we got to figure out who's going to stay where and what we're going to eat and do they have what they need and have we gotten this and we're preparing for this main event in the party. But actually what we should be preparing for in this Advent season is for Jesus. And I think many of us could say that that actually isn't the number one, the truth, because things get in the way. On December 25th, we actually get to celebrate the coming of Jesus. I think one of the most weighty verses in the New Testament is given by a guy named John, who was one of Jesus's closest friends. He actually took care of Jesus's mother um, as she aged as well. And he says it like this, and I encourage you actually to read John. It's in the New Testament. It's one of the letters in the Bible, the books of the gospel says it like this in verse uh, 14 of chapter 1. It said, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That the Word, that, that God decided to make His way down to us rather than this whole time where we continue to like, how do we get close to God? How do we see God? God said, no, no, no. I'm going to come down and become flesh and dwell amongst you and show you what I'm all about and everything that I care about. And the message it says this, I love this version. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God showed up through Jesus. The thing is, is we know that this season should be about Jesus, but everything plays against it, doesn't it? Right? From putting up the lights, to shopping, to white elephant gifts, to family gatherings, to plays and pageants and cookies and movies and candy and travel and football 
and been watching like the 15 new Hallmark Christmas movies that just came out, or the guys that are hanging up mistletoe to see if they can get lucky, right? Everything's pointing us towards something else, right? To put our attention or focus on something else when this is really about Jesus. And so Advent is that preparation for that. Some people would be like, look at this whole like December 25th, Jesus coming as like the biggest deal and that he came and moved in the neighborhood isn't really the biggest deal. Seriously, you're going to make that like proclaim? I'm going to say, yes, this actually changed history. It changes everything. I'll give you a really quick example. And some of you guys already know these answers. Our calendar system, our history is actually based on this singular event. You have B.C. and A.D. B.C. and A.D. You guys uh, are familiar with this if you've gone to school or this is educational experience. Our calendar is made up of two things, B.C. and A.D. B.C., what does B.C. mean? Before Christ, right, B.C., before Christ. Now, A.D. is where some people get confused, and some of you guys know this, and we've talked about this sometime before. A.D. means, nailed it over there, some people actually get, and you may have learned this, after death, right? And I'm not going to have you raise your hands if you were just like, yeah, that's what it is. It's actually not, um, because there would be like a 33, a 33 and a half year gap in history, uh, the term is actually Anno Domini, which is the, means the year of our Lord. That that exact moment is where history shifted to say before and now something has come to change everything. The birth of Christ. That Christ is literally in everything that we do and has shifted all that we do from this point on. Now, just like culture or everything else pushes us away from this, um, in the last 30 or 40 years or so, they've actually tried to even take Christ um, out of the year of our Lord with BC. They've tried to make it BCE, before common area, era, and then um, CE, common era, right? That that would be the shift. You, I don't care if you call it BI or AI, before it or after it, there was an it, and Jesus was it. And we get to celebrate that Jesus was it, yeah. Because here's the deal, and this is where it gets weightier, that the birth of Jesus is too big to remember on just one day. And so if we're just working up and waiting for this one day, the 25th, it's too big for that, which is why I think the Advent and practicing Advent is such an important thing to do that can be so powerful. I think that if we as a faith community and if you as a family or an individual or in your neighborhood or with friends or coworkers can practice Advent, that it might actually give you one of your best Christmases ever. That it might actually set you up for a year that you didn't even know that you could have this next year. Because I believe this to be true. How you end this year will dictate how you start next year. How you end this year will dictate how you start this year. I know, and I, you know this, and maybe some of you already started thinking about this, you know, the, the plans for the new year, that we go through like the rigors of the season and just the stuff over and over again, and we show up just coming up on January 1st, and we're like, ugh, that was so chaotic, that was so out of whack, that was so like not actually how I wanted it to be, that I need a restart, a refresh, or a new resolution, right? What if... What if we actually started practicing Advent now 
in focusing on the things of Jesus and seeking him in the season that actually was preparing us for next year now and not just waiting until next year is next year. So the working uh, definition for Advent for us is this. Advent is a daily focus in December for the day that changed history and for many of you as well as your eternity. Advent is a daily focus, not a weekly commitment where you come to church during this season, right? This is a daily focus in December for the day that actually changed history as well as your eternity. So you're like, gosh, there's just so much going on. Like, how do I even daily focus? How do I figure this out? Um, I think that where we actually find the best way to practice Advent is actually looking to the mundane. What is mundane? Mundane actually means like the common or the ordinary or the like the right in front of you. I don't know how many of you guys walked through the lobby and didn't even notice there was a Christmas tree in the middle of it, right? (laughs) It happens. Just going from one thing to the next, and it's just the mundane around us. And we are so prone to miss the majestic, the majestic, because it's hidden in the mundane. We're so prone to miss the majestic because it's hidden in the mundane. You may have some of your own examples that you can think back and be like, wow, I missed a moment, uh, an opportunity, or the majestic because it was just hidden in the mundane. I know weeks ago we had a worship night here where we got to celebrate the life transformation of people who took and pursued God and took next steps towards him. And we got to pause and see the majestic of like modern day miracles in the midst of the mundane. Or to be like, well, it's just kind of a thing. We're just kind of singing a song. It was uh, January 12, 2007, when uh, a guy dressed up in jeans, a T-shirt, and a ball cap went into the busiest subway station in Washington, D.C., and began to play a violin. 1,097 people passed him in the 43 minutes that he played. It was actually a, a test or, a, or like a, a thing that um, the Washington Post was actually trying to figure out. They wanted to see what would happen if we put Majestic in the midst of the busyness of the mundane of just our regular rigors and goes, right? So they um, published this article a couple days after this man played for 43 minutes and 1,097 people walked past him and let us know that the man that was playing this violin, his name was Joshua Bell, who's known as the number one, um, the, uh, the best classical musician in the world. He was playing violin. Just three days earlier, he had sold out multiple nights where people had paid over $1,000 a ticket just to hear him play his music. And he had shown up in the midst of the busyness, the mundane, and played. But he didn't just play any instrument. He played a violin that was valued at $3.5 million dollars. In the midst of all the busyness of the world, would people see the majestic? Could they notice the majestic that was happening around them? How many people do you think actually stopped and listened to his music for even just a minute? Seven. Seven people. And one of them was a three-year-old little boy. You can watch this on YouTube because they have the whole thing on YouTube. So you can watch him play and people walking past us. 1,097 people walked past him. And the little boys, you can imagine, stopped in awe and like, whoa, that's so cool. And then what do you think happened to the parent on the hand? Come on, right? We're busy. We got to move on. This is just the mundane. 
This is just what happens. It's so easy to miss the majestic in the midst of the mundane. And the same thing actually happened when Jesus came. Jesus came through ordinary teenagers. <laughs> the mundane showed up. Then was delivered in a town called Bethlehem, which was like the nobody's nobody place of like Nowhereville. Nobody wanted to say they were from Bethlehem. Not only that, Jesus showed up in an inn. There wasn't any place for him. You couldn't have written a more mundane story if you wanted to, that there was no place for him to be, that he literally was de delivered. This is Jesus, the Savior of the world. The, the day that is going to change history was born in an inn and put in a manger where the place probably stunk of like animal feces and urine. The mundane, the majestic showed up. Typically in that day, a king arrived and they would shout it from the mountaintops. It was shouted to some like lowly shepherd in a field next door. The mundane showed up and recognized the majestic, but everybody else missed it. It was so mundane. It says in John, in that same chapter, in chapter 1, verse 10, it says, He came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't even recognize him. Maybe, friends, a whole lot hasn't even changed in the last 2,000 years. How are we noticing the majestic of what Christmas is all about in the midst of the mundane? So, I think to see Jesus this Christmas, we need to look to the mundane. So what would the mundane be for us right now? What's like the regular things we're seeing the Christmas season? Well, we're seeing Christmas trees and ornaments and stars and gifts and candy canes and lights and angels and candles and red, green, white, and gold and Buddy the Elf and Elf on the Shelf and you name it, right? These are all the things that you see. I think, I think it's really fascinating to think about if if uh, you think about if aliens, like, were spying on us, right? I know this is very theoretical. You're like, whoa, whoa, where are we going? And they just showed up, and they did a report back for the season, that they would go report back and be like, these people have lost their mind in December. And they'd be like, well, why is that? Well, something has shifted. Out of nowhere, they're going out into the forest and cutting down live trees and dragging them inside to watch them die for the next month. And they hang lights on them and ornaments on them. And, and they're eating candy canes and there's angels and there's all these colors, right? All the things that we're doing out there. That's the mundane. This is actually where we see Jesus. This is actually the practice of Advent. These things that I just mentioned that seem so mundane to us that we walk by all the time or we drive by all the time or we see in the mall all the time actually point us and were created to point us to Jesus. From the Christmas tree to the candy cane. I'll give you the quick example of the candy cane. Many of you guys probably know this story. The candy cane just started out as just a white peppermint stick for kids as a treat. A choir director in a church a long, long time ago said, how do I keep kids like, from not being so fidgety in church? How can I give them a tasty treat right? that keeps their attention but still points them to Jesus? So he took that white peppermint stick, he drew it out, and he put a shepherd's crook in it. Also, you flip it upside down, it looks like a J. Then he put a thick red line spiraled around it as a reminder of the blood that was shed for us. And the white was to remind us that Jesus could wipe, uh, wipe as white as snow. 
It was hard to remind us that Jesus was, could be a rock and foundation. And there's three little stripes that go along next to that to remind us the lashings that he took as he sacrificed himself for us. The mundane, the candy cane, points us to Jesus. There's all these different things that get to point us to Jesus if we can just slow down and look to the mundane. So what we want to do as a faith community is say, hey, today's December 1st. How can we set apart a piece of every single day and ask ourselves questions? What is it about that we're seeing in this Christmas season that it's actually pointing us to Jesus to remind us and be prepared for the biggest day, the day that changed history and our eternity? Advent is this daily focus in December that changed it for us. And so we, uh, our team has gotten together and they've created a, a couple good resources for you to use, for your families, for your coworkers, uh, for your friends. Here's a quick little video of one of those resources we've given you. Alexa, play Northgate Daily Devotional. Playing Northgate Daily Devotional. Northgate Daily Devotional, day one. Well, hey friends, thanks for joining us for our devotional. We're going through Advent right now, and if it's you or your family uh, or your spouse, or your friends listening in, we are taking the next 24 days or the 24 days in December, depending on which day that goes into this, up to Christmas to talk about Advent. And so we're using some different people that are on staff and friends. So that's a great resource that we have for you guys to use. If you have Alexa, you can go in there, or you can go, oh, yeah, we make commercials. <laughs> I'm friends with Alexa. <laughs> um, a great resource, you can go onto the app, our app, and you can get it there, and you can listen to it. And what we did is we took some of our friends, the staff, and some other people, and we said, hey, what is it about this season that actually reminds you and points you towards Jesus, right? And we go through some of the traditional scent stuff with the candles, um, but what are some things that point you towards this? And what are some things that now you see as significant to actually reminding you about this season and the reason for it that maybe you didn't before? So like I'll give you a quick example. One of the weeks I talk about Elf on the Shelf, which you'd be like, how do you get Jesus from it? We'll get there. You got to listen to it. Uh, day one is Hallmark and just that kind of stuff, but from trees to lights to family to kids, it's all the different things. So you can go on there and we wanted to give that to you as a resource I know that for me, so today's December, one of the things I look forward to doing is I actually brought all of them because they're going to go to my kids today. Advent calendars are a great thing. I told you about them. Um, I know that uh, this is my wife's that she grew up with when she was little. She got this. She told me uh, the other night, she was like, my mom, this is the one thing she sent with me to college that says, hey, you need to bring your Advent calendar. And this is like one of the older ones, you know, where you open it up each day and it has something, a little picture, and you read it, right? And that was exciting back then. Now you have to have candy, right? Because you're like, who wants to read and look at pictures but candy, right? So there's this one that's just nice and traditional. We have this one. Many of you guys have, you know, a countdown that looks like this. Oh, gosh, I just broke it. My wife's, no, I didn't. I didn't break it at all. Yep, we're fine. Okay. There. Yeah, it's nice. Okay, so you have this one where you take out a number each day, right? And so we can have a conversation with the kids or, or their grandkids or your neighbors or whoever, and you can put a new number on there. This isn't actually because you don't know how many days are left until Christmas. We all have that technology. We know what day it is. It's so we can come around 
sit down at a table and pause and put a new thing up there and say, let's talk about why we celebrate this season. In the midst of all the chaos, what in the mundane can we see Jesus doing? I have, I'm just going to not touch that anymore. We're just going to leave you there. This is Elsie's. It's got a unicorn one. It's cool. Um, This one is like one maybe for more adult stuff. Like it's got like um, little trinkets in there every day or beauty projects or earrings. That one's not for me. Um, For those of you like, you know, like you got other people or you just geek out on this. This is a Star Wars Lego one. You can build Legos. And then you got other Legos ones. I got a Super Mario Kart like all kinds of cool stuff. Um, but this is great, right? Each one of them, my little guy has um, a Paw Patrol. That's kind of fun. Oh, that was the all one. Everyone's excited about Paw Patrol. <laughs> so this is great because I would say do whatever you can as an adult or uh, as a grandma and grandpa or as a friend to say, oh, wait, all of this is good. All of this is fun. We've done our day. Have we paused yet to look at what this season is all about. Now, it's not all about the toys, which I think are great, and the gifts, which I think are great, or the candy, which is really great, right? All that stuff's really good. And so some of you might say like, well, I don't know if it's that biblical or if it's really okay if we have to incentivize ourselves. We should just be disciplined enough to do this, Larry, right? If we really love Jesus and believe that this changed everything, we would just do it. I would tell you that I think that people have been doing this for a long time, and it's actually biblical. And I think that it's a great idea. Betzefer was a, a place where kids went to go learn scripture, and they were taught about who God was in the scriptures. And um, the leader of Betzefer would go around, uh, or the pastor would go around, and uh, as the kids got there, he would take honey, which was the candy of that time. They didn't have anything sweeter than honey. That was a, the, a great gift. We take honey and go to each one of the kids and put a little honey in their mouth and say, may the word of God be like honey on your lips. May the word of God be honey on your lips. And he would go down through all the kids, right? And this was incentivizing them and also teaching them how beautiful and how great God's word is, pointing it back to who Jesus is ultimately. And I think that for some of us, it can make sense now of why in the Psalms, David talks in Psalm 119, he says this, How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Now, before you knew about Betzifer, you'd probably be like, I don't even know what that means. Like, why would words taste so sweet? It's because, may the word, the, the word of God be sweet as honey on your lips. So I would say, if this is what it takes, do whatever it takes. If you've got teenagers, put cold hard cash in here. I mean, like, one day it's going to be like a buck. The other day it's going to be like 20 bucks. You showed up. We had a conversation about that. I think that this is a great tradition, and this is a beautiful opportunity for us as a faith community and for you and your families to share an Advent over the next 24 days as we get to walk and celebrate the day that changed our eternity. Would you stand with me? So the calendars are great. For some of you, you're like, okay, I'm going to get serious about this stuff right now. And I, I, I want like a little bit more, a little bit more depth because like if Jesus really came and dwelt among us, if God gave us this to change eternity and history altogether, it's that big of a deal. I'm ready to seek and to learn more. And if that's you today and you showed up in this place today, don't leave here without taking a next step. 
which it could be like a calendar like this, but another great tool is, is this journal we have. It's called This Changes Everything. This is a 21-day journey of like real deal stuff. This is a discipleship. I'm going to learn about what it looks like to follow God and simple practices and what my identity is in. This might be a great opportunity for you to say, I'm going to take the next three weeks leading up to Christmas and see if it actually changes everything like everyone talks about, right? So don't leave here today without taking this as a free gift to you. We want to give this to you. We have a, a nice little, like, this changes everything living room right up front that you can go and you can sit down and talk to someone. They'll give this to you as a gift. For the rest of us, your thing to do is going to be going out and buying an Advent or sitting and doing a, a devotional with your friends and your family and making this Christmas one of your best Christmases ever. Now, just really fast. Christmas is like a magnifying glass. When it's good, Christmas makes it feel really good. And when it's bad or it's difficult, it makes it feel extra difficult, extra bad. And for some of you, walking into the season, you're like, I don't know if my marriage is going to last through Christmas. I don't know how I'm going to get through this Christmas because I just recently lost a loved one that I wasn't expecting, or I'm experiencing these holidays, so it's magnified this difficult season for you. If, I truly believe this, if you can just focus a moment on each day on Jesus and what the season is about, I really believe that he'll give you the hope, the love, the light, the encouragement, the pause that you truly need in this season. It could be one of your best Christmases ever. I believe that. So don't miss that opportunity. Don't let it just pass you by and put your head down and say, make it go away, make it go away, make it go away. Lean into all that it has for you. If this is one of your first times here, give us a couple weeks, check us out. We're going to talk about Advent, different ways to practice it over the next couple weeks. We have a new friends like lounge you can go check out. We have some gifts for you. They'll give you a friendly face to see. Um, thank you for your generous gifts. It's because of that we get to do Christmas Eve services and Christmas tree lightings and serve days and children's ministries and like chairs for you to sit in. <laughs> it all plays a part in it. So thank you for that. And uh, I would love to send you off with a blessing. At the end of that, if you need someone to pray with you, they'll be up front of the, uh, the room. And, um, and then you can also just let us know on your way out if you need to speak with someone. So this is a posture of giving up and receiving. Um, let me just read this psalm over you again. God, may we just through this Advent season, understand how sweet your words taste and know that they taste sweeter than honey. God, would you just let us experience that in a new and unique way. Amen. Love you, friends. See you next week.